Hey guys, I'm Michael Carboni and you're listening to episode 11 of Chasing Kangaroos, the podcast for rugby league fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Guys, we're back and with me this evening, we call him the first because he's the first Greek Oz tag immortal, Jake Watson. Welcome back to the show, buddy. Hey, Cubs. How you going? Really good, mate. And the third member of the band is back as well. And I'm not ashamed to say that in 2010, when Sir George won the grand final, this man and I, we cried together. Chuck, how are you, mate? I'm very good, mate. Very, very good. Excited about another episode. Glad to be back. Well, we had uh, quite a few topics that we could have discussed tonight. We've narrowed it down to three. Why don't we get stuck straight in? We are days away from the World Club Challenge, so the, the Ro- Sydney Roosters, the NRL Premiers, will take on the Super League champions, the Wigan Warriors. Now, if you're in the UK, that game will kick off at DW Stadium on Sunday night, but if, like us, you're in Australia, then you can catch the game on GEM on Monday morning, 6am Australian uh, Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Boys, I have to ask you a quick question straight up, and you can be honest with me, but will you be up for this game at 6am, Charlie? I will. I like this game. For me, together with the All-Stars game and the Charity Shield, it's kind of like, you know, your kickstart into the season means the Australian Rugby League calendar is um, in full force and Rugby League's back. Jake, you'll be up? I'll definitely be up. I got up at midnight to watch Red Star, so I'll definitely be up for this game. <laughs> definitely should be a cracker as well. Um, interested to hear both of your thoughts. And I guess the first question, I'll throw it at you, Jake. But who are the players to watch on both sides of the field? Um, for the Roosters, I've gone with a young guy. I'm hoping he gets a start. He hasn't been confirmed yet, but Kiri's in a bit of doubt with a foot injury, and I yep. doubt the Roosters will risk it. Yep. So I'm going for Lachlan and Land. Yep. He's only 22 years old, but he's been earmarked as Kronk's long-term replacement. And, of course, his dad is the coach of the Wigan Warriors, Adrian Lamb, so that's going to be really – it will be a really interesting, uh, very interesting storyline if that happens. He actually knocked back a, a chance to play under his father at Wigan. <laughs> so, oh, did he? Yeah, so that'll be good. And he was also a strong performer at the World Cup for PNG, so if you watched any of that, you'd know who Lachlan Lamb is. Yeah. Um, for Wigan, I've gone with Zach Hardica. He's a versatile player, can pretty much play anywhere in the back line. He's done it all in the Super League. He's won two Grand Finals, two Challenge Cups. He's won the Man of Steel Award in 2015. So he's definitely a quality player. He's had a good start to the season as well over in the Super League. And he's got a bit of NRL experience. He had a loan stint in 2016 with the Penrith Panthers. Did he he play any games? Yeah, he played a few games. He played with them right up to the semifinals, but they got knocked out that year, so he was sent back home. Um, (laughs) It wasn't his fault. (laughs) (laughs) Not all of it, anyway. (laughs) Um, The other player... The other player from Wigan I like is Dan Sargensen. Yep. He's actually in a bit of doubt, I read, but he's also a two-time grand final winner. He played with the Titans in 2017, but he only got six games in his very injury-plagued season. Okay. He, and they're both in English international, so I think they're the two players to watch. I'm surprised he didn't mention um, George Williams, so the half for Wigan. Um, he's a gun player. Actually really surprised that an, an NRL club like the Canberra Raiders haven't been sniffing around or tried to pick him up because I think he'd do okay over here. Um, this could be an opportunity for him to impress. Uh, if he if he even wants to do that, he may be quite happy over there in the Super League and all, all the more power to him. Um, I think for the Roosters, though, uh, you can't go past James Tedesco for me. I think he's going to have his best season yet this year. But for me, Victor Radley, um, he's an absolute lad, and I think in the UK they're just going to love this guy. He's just got a personality and a style of play. He's one of my favourite players. They're going to absolutely love him. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention, and I'm not sure, Charlie, if he's actually um, going to be playing, but he's been named in the squad, and that's Ryan Hall uh, going back home 
uh, to play this one. Mate, I, I don't think he'll play. So he's recovering from ACL surgery, I'm pretty sure, and they've got another uh, two or three wingers travelling with the Rooster squad. So BMOS will be there. Uh, Tupo um, is going over with the team. So I think if, if he's in any doubt, they're unlikely to, to play him. Um, so you reckon Ryan Hall just going back to hang out with his family and maybe, you know, just a recognisable face there for the rest I think that's probably the case, yeah, just travelling with the squad. I don't think he'll play. So, boys, um, looks like it's going to be a good good challenge for both sides. Uh, obviously, Wigan with the home ground advantage. Um, do you think that plays a part? Um, I guess, who do you think, who are our tips for this game? Chuck, I'll throw this one at you first. Uh, for mine, Roosters by plenty. Um, I just think that the Super, uh, Wigan have started their season, obviously, so they're a couple of games in, they're match-hardened, and the conditions will suit them. Yeah. But the Roosters just have way too much class in key positions. Um, even without Latrell? Even without Latrell. Without wanting to be disrespectful, you know, I, I don't know that having players like Jared Samet and Tommy Luluai and Zach Hardiker are, uh, of the standard that would compete at NRL level, to be blunt. So I think up against the red-hot Roosters spine, I... I don't rate them much of a chance, personally. What about you, Jake? I think you've got to go to the Roosters. They're star-studded lineup, even without the likes of Latrell Mitchell. Like you go through their squad, most of them are internationals. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with either of you. I think the Roosters should win it quite comfortably. Hopefully, it's close. Yeah, well, I hope I hope so for the sake of the game. I think typically um, the Australian sides don't always take this very seriously. You see the Melbourne Storm last year; they threatened, they didn't even want to play. So Leeds said, "We'll come to you." Um, so that's I feel how, like we give the Super League teams the same advantages every year, though, and they never really perform. Like, we always say they've started their season, they should have an advantage, but the NRL's won eight of the last ten, so yeah. it doesn't really seem to help them. And especially this year, the Roosters are taking it very seriously. They're over there in Paris um, try, uh, warming up with Toulouse, and, and I think we heard that they're going to have a, a they're trial They're going to captain's run against yeah. St. Helens because they don't have a game yeah, this week. So, so. They're, they're, they're taking it very seriously, and I think um, I think they're going to be way too strong. Um, Charlie, you going to say? Yeah, look, I think, um, I mean, I, I think this tells us, though, what we've just described tells us about, uh, and I think this was the next question you were going to ask us, Carl, so I'm probably preempting it a little bit, but we do... I think we do see the English sides take it a little bit more seriously than the Australian sides. Yeah. Or in the UK press, the the World Club Challenge is described as the most prestigious prize in the game. Uh, meanwhile, in Australia, um, some fans or many fans won't even get up in time to watch it. That's right. So, um, why, why do you think why do you think there is such a divide um, when it comes to World Club Challenge? Why do the why do the English fans? get behind this concept more than the Australian fans do? Look, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the English side, or I should say the Super League side, will always enjoy underdog status. Yeah. So the Australian teams um, probably treat it as a little bit more of a trial, um, whereas the uh, the English sides, um, the Super League sides, again, I should say, are, are always going into these games as underdogs and it's a big scalp to knock off the Australian Premier. So as fans, do we Australians give Super League the respect it deserves? Like, are we, do we subconsciously think that their competition is just not as strong as ours? Um, it's really interesting because I think Australian fans like the Super League. So I actually think Australian Rugby League fans like the Super League. But the style of play is more exciting. Correct. I actually think the the attitude towards the Super League from Australian fans is that while the quality might not be there, they prefer the style of the Super League yeah, that's over NRL. 
So while the NRL is seen as a higher standard of competition, I think the style of play is seen as robotic. Whereas in the Super League, much more open. Quality is seen as less, yeah. but yeah, the, the style of play is seen as a little bit more open, entertaining. There's definitely um, there's definitely something about the Super League where us Australian fans we are a bit nostalgic. Like it seems to us like the way rugby league used to be played over here and the way it should be played. Um, unfortunately, this robotics Melbourne Storm style of play that we're used to in the NRL, it, it's all about. It's all about um, the numbers, you know, in every area of the game. It's all about structure, and that's what win you games. So when an English side does win, it's an exciting style of football that that wins that game, and and that's what we really want to see. But as you said, Jake, unfortunately, I think you – I don't know if that's – is that a true stat that NRL sides have won eight of the last ten? If that's true, then, you know, definitely it needs to start swinging the other way if Aussie fans are going to be more interested. Uh, Jake, do you think that – there are ways that we can make this more appealing to the Australian fans and the Australian clubs? I think if it's going to happen, it has to happen naturally. I think Super League needs to raise the standard, win a few more of these games. The Australians might show a bit more interest if we go in not expecting to win. I mean, you look at the American billboard, we've already claimed world champions. <laughs> I, I, um, I don't think it will change. I don't, Why is that? Um, look, I really like this game. I like the concept. It's it's really good having, you know, the two strongest club competitions in the world, having their respective premiers play against each other is fantastic. I just can't ever see, um, at least in the near future, a time where the Australian Rugby League fans take this match seriously. Um, and I think that comes down to a few things. Firstly, the clubs don't take it seriously. Yeah. If we're completely honest, I mean, we've already, we've already alluded to it. The Super League clubs are prepared to disrupt their seasons to play and sometimes in Australia mid-season after yeah. a couple of games to come and play, whereas the Australian side sometimes haven't even been prepared to interrupt their pre-season. Um, well, look at Latrell Mitchell. He's picked the All-Star game over going to England to play. Correct. That's so right. Shows Which, how much it means. But the, playing for that Indigenous side would mean, would mean a lot to, to him Latrell. as well. This yeah. is supposed to hypothetically be a level above a premiership. Exactly. Would Latrell Mitchell rule himself out of a grand final? An NRL grand final to play for, for an indigenous, indigenous side? Team. I don't think so. But let's be realistic. If it's a level above the premiership, then we're playing it before the NRL season starts. It doesn't make it's, it's a glorified trial. That's what it is for the NRL. I think the only way that it can it would be taken more seriously is if the timing changes. Um, and I don't think this would happen. But it would have to be played after the grand finals, like that same year. I don't think that will happen. I don't think that's enough. I, I really don't think that's enough. People have said that that if you were to play this immediately following the respective grand finals, that you've got the two actual grand final winning teams playing each other, and it's a true test as to who is yeah. you know the champions of the world. I don't think it'd matter. I still I still think that the grand the NRL grand final by the Australian fans would be seen um, as the pinnacle and. Because um, I just think, as I say, the perception that the Super League is less than or that it's just that lower quality uh, football, knocking off the English champions will never really be seen as a major scout by an Australian club. I don't like saying that, but I, I think it's true. And I, I, my concern is that that attitude is just so deeply entrenched at this point from years and years and years of clubs not taking this game seriously I can't ever see that changing. Do we know if there's a prize incentive that will get the clubs interested? Yeah, I think I think the clubs are paid to play in, in the in the game because um, when we had the expanded World Club Challenge concept uh, running for when a few, few years, where we'd send three clubs over. Yeah, um, I know that you know in 
to make it viable for them because they were disrupting their pre-season, the clubs who put their hand up and said, yeah, we'll go were So is that, still, is that still happening? I don't know the answer to that, but I would imagine so. Well, I don't think the NRL makes it mandatory for their clubs to play. So the, the, the Roosters had to organise it with Wigan this year. Yeah. Um, so Which hope- goes to show you really where it where it's placed. Look, I'd like to see it alternate between um, Australia and England or, or France or New Zealand, you know, if Catalan yeah. or Warriors were to win, win their, perspective, their respective comps. Um, I think if we get a little bit more exposure in Australia, um, then maybe that could work. But uh, I kind of agree that it's gonna, it would take a long time and we'd need to see the, in, the Super League clubs winning more consistently. Definitely. And I, I don't even think the exchanging the home ground will help them sadly because last time these two teams played it was actually played at Allianz Stadium and yeah, Roosters, Roosters won 36 yeah. well good luck to both teams Wigan are aiming for a record fifth title uh, Roosters aiming for a fourth title uh, which would put them equal uh, with Wigan um, should be a cracking game we'll be up at 6am uh, to watch it over here and we'll give you a report next week Well, boys, Nigeria has been chosen to host the second Middle East African Rugby League Championship. And this comes off the back of the news that the Nigerian club team, uh, their first club team, the Lagos Rhinos, uh, were announced last week. Uh, We spoke about that last week as well. It's a real positive sign for rugby league in this region, really growing from strength to strength. Uh, So much going on. Um, we, what do we know about um, the first or oh, the second Middle Eastern African Championship, Charlie? Yeah, so it's going to be uh, take place in Nigeria. So Nigeria have uh, been chosen to host the tournament. Yep. Um, I'm not sure how many teams are involved. Jake, do you know how many teams? Apparently are they're going to announce it in March and they are saying that there's going to be four nations involved. Okay. I don't know who. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't hear that, but it makes a lot of sense because what they did say was um, it'll be happening in October um, and it'll be played over one weekend at one, at one round. Venue. So I kind of see it being like the American uh, qualifiers that we just yeah. saw. So it'll be um, two games, winners will face, go, off, face in off in the grand final and the losers will face off in third or fourth. I don't think that was an ideal way to do it for the America's Cup, but I suppose logistically um, it's probably the best way to go here. Um, do we Any thoughts as to, uh, well, I guess let's talk about the last time that this tournament was played in 2015. Um, Jake? Two teams, wasn't it? It was Lebanon and South Africa. It was Lebanon and South Africa. They played two games. Yes. Um, Lebanon won that tournament, so that was the first first title holders. And, yeah, it also served as a 2017 World Cup qualifier. Are Um, these ones going to work towards the qualifiers? No, no, this one won't. So I guess the spots left for the World Cup will be between USA and possibly Cook Islands, and then the other four spots are going to come out of those European qualifiers later on this year so this won't serve as a qualifier but it definitely will be some good good uh, quality games for some of these some of the youngest rugby league nations i would say i'm not too sure who the teams are going to be but charlie you'd have to think well obviously nigeria is going to be one of them if they're hosting the thing yeah you'd you'd like to think so you think nigeria will be there since they don't have to travel look in terms of in terms of who else will will make up um the numbers uh possibly south africa being involved um, last time, I don't know if Lebanon will be Lebanon are qualified, so I don't know if Lebanon. Uh, There's probably no need for them to go, but they are last year's champions. Yeah, so the former, like the former champ, or the the current champions. You'd like to think they were there. Look, I don't know about South Africa. We we know they've pulled out of this qualifying game opportunity against Cook Islands and USA for the World Cup. So I don't know what's going on over there. Um, some other teams or some other nations that have popped up recently. So you've got Ghana. 
their new board and their new competition has just been announced. So you think they'd be keen to get involved. You have Cameroon who are doing some great things development-wise. You think they'd be keen to get involved. You've got Sedan who, who featured at the Cabra Nines uh, here in Sydney last week. So maybe something is going on there. I'd really like to see Turkey uh, taking place. They're, they're doing some amazing things and I just want to see them playing more rep football. Um, look, I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find March. out in March. But uh, yeah, Nigeria yeah. guaranteed. Let's 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 slot that they one. In. <laughs> <laughs> so, boys, the Lignano Sharks—they're the first Italian rugby league team to join the Balkan Super League, and uh, really exciting times. We spoke about um, these guys a couple of weeks ago, um, but up until now, not a lot of information about them. Um, so I've taken it upon myself. I did a little bit of digging uh, and I reached out um, to their team manager, Davide McCall. We've had a few conversations um, today, actually. So this is all very fresh. And my goal was really to get as much info as I can so that we can share it with with you, the fans or the listeners of this show. And um, us. We haven't heard it yet. Well, we haven't, I haven't told you guys yet. <laughs> it just feels weird calling our listeners fans. Like, but <laughs> listen, I'm going to say listeners. But, um, guys, look, you haven't heard any of this info yet, Jake, Charlie. So please throw some questions my way. And um, hopefully I can answer whatever whatever I can. I saw some articles about this um, during the week and, and sort of ended up a bit more confused than when I started. But the yeah. Balkan Super League kicks off in April, Correct. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right. yeah so that's, that's something we read this week as well. So it kicks off in April. Um, well, I think you asked me that question yeah, two we, weeks ago. Yeah, we spoke about it. Yeah. Okay, so who um, – um, where did – so this club will be in the, in the Balkan Super League in April. A couple of weeks ago – they didn't exist. So where has this club come from? Who are the people behind it? Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll, not a couple of weeks ago, but they pretty much announced themselves in early January. Um, there's there's basically five good friends that are behind this, um, and they're actually business associates, partners. They do a whole heap of things together. They actually run, at the moment, one of the things they do is they run the beach rugby tournament in Lignano right now. So these guys are headed or started by Davide McCaw, who I spoke to today. So he's a sports journalist. He's a former rugby union player and media manager for the Italian Rugby League Federation. You've got the president of the club will be Andrea Leone. So he's a former under-19s player for Italy as well, apparently really passionate about the sport and just really keen to get things going. We've got Enrico Torello, so he'll take care of marketing, social media and merchandising. We've got Tiziano Fran- Francini. So he was his role was described to me as the open technique, uh, which I think that sounds like coach. Sounds right? like coach. Uh, so he's a former player and vice president of the um, Italian Rugby League Federation. Then you've got Mattia Knott. So he's a, a designer and he'll be one of the players as well for the club. Um, so like I said, these guys are currently running the beach rugby tournament in Lignano uh, and this is pretty much an expansion of that offer. Uh, and apparently the city is very enthusiastic. So you've mentioned that um, these guys run the, the beach rugby in the region. Yep. They've got two months because it's February now. The comp kicks yeah. off in April. Is that yeah. where the players are going to come from? Look, I I assume some of the players will, will come from the contacts for, through the beach rugby tournament. Um, Davide couldn't give me too much information about who some of the players will be. Uh, obviously, still very much in negotiations with some of them, but they obviously need to move very quickly. Um, some of these guys, uh, well, he said pretty much they have a pick from some really good athletes around northern Italy. Uh, the Frulli Venezia Giulia Rugby Club may provide some of the plays as well. Uh, many of them, though, have not played the 13-a-side version of rugby. So these are rugby union players 
uh, I guess, with a chance to, to to prove themselves in rugby league, and which is, I guess, understandable. Like rugby it happens is everywhere. It's, it happens. Pre- it's pretty strong in that in the region, like Treviso, that whole north east uh, area of Italy. Like rugby, that's pretty much where rugby in Italy began. Um, so obviously, this is going to happen. Hopefully, they like rugby league, and um, hopefully, they they're they're pretty strong. So, so given that most of the guys who'll be playing for this club haven't played rugby league before. Um, I noticed when I was reading some articles about this during the week that they've actually uh, been included in the first division. Yeah, we, we said it two weeks ago. Didn't you listen? You I knew I heard it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you either read it somewhere or heard Good it on to know you show. <laughs> but, um, like, what, Why is that? I, I don't understand that. Why? why? That, that's a really good question. Um, you'd think that they'd be starting off in the second division given that they're not really proven just yet. Um, obvi- uh, there might be some things that we don't know. Uh, Davidi said that they're taking it one game at a time, so very much a rugby league cliche. But, look, they're really ambitious and he believes that they can fast-track their development um, to, to a point where they can be competitive and they really want to be winning games um, and doing the best that I've they can. I've got a question for you, Cubs. Yeah. With them being in Div 1, yeah. are they going to be your new favourite team? Because I know you love Red Star. <laughs> Uh, look, I do like Red Star. I like the RS Eagles as well. They're my favourite Greek team. Look, let's just say they're my the Lignano Sharks are my favourite Italian team in the Balkan Super League. So it's, <laughs> it's not not very hard. But look, in terms of Italian teams, like you got to love what Saluzzo are doing as well. Well, those two sides be playing each other. Do you think? Uh, it, it, it's a question I did ask. It would make sense because obviously two of the, the, they will be two of the biggest clubs in Italian rugby league. Saluzzo a little bit um, a little bit more advanced, and I know. Um, David, he did say that they're going to be learning a lot. They've been in contact with Saluzzo. They're going to be trying to develop with them. I don't think there's a plan for a match to take place this year between the two clubs. But, look, it makes sense. They're probably about a five-and-a-half-hour drive from each other on opposite sides of that really that top part of northern Italy. Um, so it would make sense for them to play eventually. And I think if they can start to build a little bit of a rivalry, then that, that would just mean good things for, for Italian good, rugby good league. For both clubs. Yeah, yeah. The other things I guess that they did mention was that, look, eventually their big goal is to win the Balkan Super League. They want to be competitive. They want to be professional. And they want to develop as well. So they want to get kids playing the game. They want an under-20s team. And, of course, really important, they want a female team as well. Um, so, look, all good news for Italian Rugby League and welcome to the Rugby League family, Linguano Sharks. I'll give them a bit of credit as well. I like their logo. It's very Minnesota Timberwolves from the NBA, but it's well-designed. Yeah, it's really nice. A little bit different. Linguini Sharks. <laughs> Did I say Linguini or Lingano? Lingano Sharks. Cubs the, the Linguini Sharks will be playing the, <laughs> the Boscaiola uh, very soon. <laughs> Sorry, guys, the Lignano Sharks. I was just about to give you a rap as well for the pronunciation. Well, it wouldn't be an episode of Chasing Kangaroos if I didn't pronounce the name of uh, international club teams uh, incorrectly. It's so. a rite of passage as an international club side <laughs> having your name butchered Did on the Did I really say Linguini? Guys, well, if you like hearing me butcher names of teams, we've got the golden points up next and I'll probably be butchering a few more. So let's get into the golden points for this week. Boys, it's come to that time of the episode again, Golden Points, where we pretty much wrap up as much as we can from it's your favourite rugby league. I love it. I love to, I love doing the research, finding out as much as we can, digging deep. But I want to give you guys a chance as well this week because I don't want to hog the whole Golden yeah, you Points. You did put the challenge out to us. To be, I'm going to be straight up with you. I don't enjoy the, 
research. I thought I did, but I've come to you before the episode with two golden points. Yep. You had them both. So yeah. I'm now on to my third one. Yep. What do you got for me? I've Let's... got the Norway international team. They've started a funding page yep. to get to their game against Greece, the yep. World Cup qualifier. Awesome. You can find the link on their Facebook page. Well, why don't we um, throw that into the show notes as well and try and get Norway across to London for that qualifier. I'm happy Greece. to get them there, but I hope they lose. If I'm honest. Well, that's the you're, you're 116th Greek, so <laughs> of course you're going to be following the Greeks. Okay. Uh, Charlie, um, Indigenous All-Stars versus Maori All-Stars this Friday night. Um, predictions? Mate, I'm very excited for the All-Stars game for the first time, I think, ever. I it's because of this. never cared, yeah, until I'm, now. I'm really, really looking forward to this. Look, um, mate, you've asked me for my tip. I, I uh, Men's and women's? Yeah, both. Give us both. Okay, so in the men's, I just think the Mary side will be way too strong. I mean, Kaelin Ponga behind that monster pack. You've got Jesse Bromwich, Proctor, Tohu Harris, Adam Blair. Um, Reading that back, that pack is actually a little bit of a Melbourne Storm reunion. Yeah, Melbourne Um, Storm reunion. But but they're a very, very strong pack. Um, Kaelin Ponga behind them. They've got Joe Tarpini off the bench, who I think was probably one of the more underrated players in the comp last year. And so I think they'll be way too strong for the Indigenous side, who are probably uh, a little bit light up front, other than Andrew Fafita. So you reckon Maori's for the men? What about Jake? Do you agree or disagree? I'm going to disagree. I like the Indigenous side. I think the game's going to be high scoring, plenty of points, and I don't think you can go past the Indigenous back line. They've got Latrell Mitchell, James Roberts, Josh Adokar. There's just pure speed. Try scorers all around the park. I think they'll be too good. Yeah, there's too many points. There is a lot of speed. Look, I agree with you, Jake, that there's going to be a lot of points in this game. It's going to be really exciting end-to-end kind of stuff. But I'm going to be with Charlie on this one. I think the Maori team are going to be too strong. And any team that has Caelan Ponga in it um, is going to do some serious damage. But I just want to say, like, we like what a great concept this has become now. Two very passionate cultures up against each other. That Australian-New Zealand rivalry continues. Um, the NRL All-Stars, I didn't care. Like, no, no, I don't one think cared. anyone cared. I mean, it meant, obviously, the Indigenous side meant a lot to their people. Uh, but The All-Stars but, had nothing to yeah, play for. Ha- right. having, the Maori, having them playing the Maori side now, I think this is the best thing they could have done for this game and really looking forward to it. Uh, Charlie, the women's game as well. In the women's game, mate, Maori's again. So I think it'll be a clean sweep yeah, for the Maori Maori's side. Double. Yeah, I think they'll, uh, they'll sweep it, mate. They've... Um, Look, that Maori side has just way too much NRL experience. They've got seven players who yeah. played in the in the women's competition last year. Um, they've got possibly, arguably, the form player in last year's competition in Crystal Rota, almost definitely the best number nine in that competition. Really strong stop, really strong spine up against um, what is a really young Indigenous side. Yeah, I think they've got um, five or six 17-year-olds in that team. So I just think the, uh, the women's Maori team will be too strong. Jake? Got to agree with him on that one. Everything he said was correct. Um, Crystal Rhoda, she was Dally M shortlisted last year. Uh, I think she's got a lot of skill and they're just more experienced across the path. Yeah, I think, too strong. I think the power and the experience of the Maoris uh, will mean they win by quite a bit. But what the Indigenous side, uh, the women do have in their favour is they got something to prove. they got a lot of young, young, young women uh, playing, I guess, maybe even for NRL, WNRL contracts. Um, they've got a lot to prove, and stranger things have, have happened. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a Maori clean, clean sweep, and uh, good to see this game being played in Melbourne. So uh, hashtag grow the game, guys. Uh, Charlie, do you have any golden points for us this week? Mate, I do. So you put the uh, you put the challenge out for Jake and I to find something that you didn't know. Yep. And, I, I, mate, I think I might have uh, I think stumped you, the guru here. I think so, you found one. Uh, first round of the Cook Islands Premiership was played last weekend, so that tournament's kicked off. 
um, and it, all the away sides won. So clean, clean sweep for the away teams. We had the Bears 68-0 victors over the Warriors, the Sea Eagles victorious 32-16 over the Bulldogs, uh, the Panthers were victorious 26-14 over the Eels, and the Panthers are obviously the defending uh, premiers uh, in the Cook Islands Premiership, and the Sharks had the bye. Charlie, I see what you did there. You named all the teams by mascot, not by their their club names, just so you didn't have to uh, mispronounce it. Maybe you could uh, take a page out of my book. <laughs> Guys, let's keep it in the, in the Pacific. So really exciting times for the PNG Hunter side. So um, they've just agreed to a participation agreement with the Queensland Cup and they'll be um, participating. I said participate about three times and agree. They'll be participating in the Queensland Cup for another four years, so that'll see them to the end of 2022. Uh, Jake, will they be in the NRL in 2023? I hope so, but uh, I don't know if they will be, to be honest. It's sad, but I don't think they will be. Look, I think um, great to see them committed for another four years. Uh, a lot of players coming through into other Queensland Cup sides through the English system as well. And it's, it's been strong. It's been a strong thing in the Queensland Cup as well. So I think it's good. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, guys, Peter Beattie, chairman of the Australian Rugby League Commission, he tweeted this yesterday. So expansion, the game has never done the due diligence needed to determine the best outcome for rugby league. So the, the ARLC has asked the NRL to look at the implica- implications on broadcasting, participation, finance and attendance and come back with a recommendation for future growth. Um, Boys, will we be speaking about expansion of the NRL in more detail at some stage this year? He doesn't mind a tweet, old Pete, does he? He's big on Twitter. Um, Look, I I really hope so. So expansion, when when the Australian Rugby League Commission uh, was constituted, um, expansion was on the agenda. And then, uh, and, you know, we had bids sort of really push their case, Central Queensland, the Bears, uh, Brisbane Bombers, and then... Perth Pirates. The Perth, the Perth are they Pirates? Yeah, the WA Pirates. Pirates. WA Pirates. Um, and then it sort of fell off the, uh, and then it sort of fell off the agenda a little bit um, under John Grant until Peter Beattie got in the, in the chair and now he's well and truly put it back on the agenda. He's making all of the right noises anyway. There's been nothing concrete and, look, even in this tweet... All it sort of tells me is that we're thinking about it, we have thought about it, we're continuing to think about it, and we will continue to think about it. So there's nothing really there that um, is concrete. There's no timelines in place. And I've got to say, in the time since um, in, in the time since sort of John Grant called for expressions for, for interest under his leadership, some of these bids seem to have dropped away. We don't really hear a lot from Central Queensland anymore. We don't hear a lot from the, the Bombers group well, How anymore. long are they supposed to stick around for, though? Yeah, it's um, inter- it was interesting to hear, um, uh, might have been a week or two ago, Todd Greenberg answered a question about expansion. He was really careful in the words that he uses. Yeah. But the effect of it was, you know, we're kind of weighing up. We want to expand. We think if you don't expand, you die. But we, we're currently looking at what expansion for our competition looks like. Yeah. And... They want a Sydney club to move. That's the, yeah, he was yeah. sort of saying, well, you know, is it expansion or is it relocation? And I actually found that really interesting because in the past they've been really careful to try and um, assure Sydney clubs that they're not going anywhere, and that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. So I, I think the only way, sorry, Jake, to no, you're off, but I think the only way that um, a relocation can work is if it's not forced on the club. So if, say, like you look at the clubs that are in that are – supposedly in financial trouble at the moment, like a, a Sharks 
um, or, a, or a manly sea eagles, if one of them said, hey, hold on a second, we could probably make some money and it could be a good long-term move for us to be in Perth, then, you know, let's do that. And it was their decision. The fans might get behind it and it could be a good move. I think that would is what the NRL is hoping for. Um, I, I think after what happened um, with the Super League war in Australia, I don't think the NRL is going to be um, moving or, or cutting any Sydney teams anytime soon. And why don't you? Why don't you like people from Perth? I mean, why would you wish the Sharks <laughs> or Manly? <laughs> well, they don't know. They don't know. Um, no, it's look, definitely a topic. For yeah, day. I think uh, we should. We need to save this one because let's talk about it very soon. Let's pencil that in for for a few weeks' time because uh, I think it's a big one, guys. Game that I'm looking forward to. Um, so we've called it the Greek State of Origin. It's uh, the combined Athens team versus the rest. Uh, Steve Georgialis will be picking his Greek squad from this game. Uh, he will be taking on Norway uh, in May to qualify, for the chance to qualify uh, for that one of those European spots for the next World Cup. Um, should be a great game. Spoken to one of the coaches during the week, Stu McLennan, who's looking after the Athens combined side. Um, he's going to give us some information next week, so really looking forward to giving you as much as we can. Did he get back to you regarding the halfback? Mate, uh, he, uh, you did ask me a couple of weeks ago if uh, he might be interested in a, in a halfback. You're keen to move over to Greece and, and live <laughs> the life over there and play rugby league. He didn't say anything, mate. So uh, Yeah, I'll give yeah. up on that. Yeah, little, you'll, be, you'll be recording more podcasts with me before you play in rugby league in Greece, unfortunately, Jake. Um, guys, the other big one, uh, this is one that I, I found on social media today as well and was really pumped about. So Saluzo Northwest Roosters, who we mentioned earlier on, running clinics with um, some kids over over in Italy, uh, teaching them about the game. Uh, all the balls were provided by the French Rugby League Federation. Um, just I've never seen this before. So it may have happened in the past, but not to my knowledge. Uh, just great to see rugby league development happening at that level in Italy. So that's fantastic. Um, Jake, one that I want you to mention. Um, because you, This was originally one of my golden points. I didn't think you'd get it because the Jamaican Rugby League Association normally posts the scores. Yep. This week they didn't. We actually found this score in one of the comments. So I thought I got a one-up on you, but, of course, you had it. Well, your favourite team, uh, the, the Pelicans, uh, undefeated. Both undefeated. Up against top of the, the CMU clash. Spartans undefeated. And what was the result? Unfortunately, the Spartans got the win, running away quite easily, 50-12. to 12. Well, I think uh, the Spartans are really showing that they're the team to beat over there in Jamaica. Guys, I want to talk a little bit about Super League and Championship as well. Not too much, but I will say congratulations to Catalan, who beat Huddersfield 27-10, uh, to 10, and they become the first professional French team to get off the board with a win uh, so far this season. Of course, Toulouse going down to the Witness Vikings, uh, 36 to 24. Witness have an epic game in the championship next week against Toronto. So Toronto undefeated. They just beat the Rockdale Hornets, 58 to 6. Witness undefeated. They're playing next week. Uh, it's a Toronto home game, but it'll be in Newcastle in the northeast of England, which is fantastic. Love to see them playing up there as well. Bit of a grand final preview, Eric. Well, well mate, I think this is going to be a close one. Um, and as much as I love the Toronto Wolfpack. I think witness are going to be um, hard to beat. Um, so the Coral Challenge Cup Round 3 a draw has been announced. Uh, it'll be played March 9 and 10. There's actually a couple of games that I'm interested in here. Um, so uh, Newcastle Thunder will be playing the West Wales Raiders. Um, so that'll be great. Two expansion clubs, obviously, the Welsh team and the team from North East England. Then you've got the London Scholars playing against the North Wales Crusaders. 
Um, so some great, great matchups there. And for any Toronto Wolfpack fans who are disappointed that your team is not playing in the Challenge Cup, well, London Scholars are part owned by the Wolfpack, as we know, so get behind them. Um, Jake, any last comments? Charlie, yeah, there's one Charlie's more. given us a few. Uh, do you want to give us one more? There's one more. Go? I won't claim it because it's not a new one, but this week we find out about the New York City bit, whether it's positive or negative, but we will know something by the end of the week. Yeah, so apparently um, apparently this week we will know something. Um, well, hopefully anyway. Um, it's been a little bit quiet on the New York City bit. Which is not a lately. good sign. Yeah, not a good sign, but our fingers I are crossed. It's calm before the storm. Hopefully. Um, mate, I've got something. I've got something else. So you've got, got a challenge out for us to, to stump you, and I think I've come up with two that you haven't come up with. So there's an article just before we started recording, actually, that the um, uh, Great Britain tour of New Zealand uh, is in grave doubt. So, Jake, look out because Carbs is bound to get a bit excited about this news. <laughs> so he, he couldn't do anything. But the um, so basically the um, there's some concerns that the uh, that the games against New Zealand would generate a profit. Um Great Britain uh, struggling to um, get sponsorship, yeah, so look, it's starting to look like the uh, the tour's in doubt. It we looks all, like Fiji and Samoa have pulled out of that as well. Of course, we heard Papua New Guinea could be playing France at that time of the year, um, which I'm more excited about. You've got the Nines World Cup around that time as well, so I'm just it really wasn't you know plus yeah qualifiers and all the rest of it. So it really. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was thought out or planned in conjunction with the rest of the calendar. Look, everyone, we've spoken about this a few times, and I think anyone that listens to this show knows that um, I wasn't a big fan of a Great Britain tour happening. Um, but in saying that, a little bit disappointed that it looks as though um, England, who to me are the number two uh, nation in the world, very close to being number one, aren't really going to have uh, any any chance to play representative football in any respect, even as part of this great British uh, Lions tour. So I think that's a real shame. Look, we'll, we'll watch this progress, but look... I'm probably going into the weeds a little bit too much with this, but, I mean, the reason this isn't going ahead, obviously, is because it's not financially viable because the Great Britain Lions can't secure sponsorship. I'd be interested to know whether the English national side would have the same challenge because I think now that's the more prominent brand and the more exciting brand in international rugby league. Yeah, the English side over the Great Britain line. So who knows? Wayne Bennett's been very vocal that he wants England, England to play playing yeah. in 2019. Um, so he, he'll push for it. Um, I think there's some excitement around England at the moment that might not necessarily be there for the Great Britain uh, Lions brand. So let's just watch this space. Guys, one last thing to do today, mascotbrowns.com, best place to get your international rugby league gear. And many of you may know that they're opening up an Australian arm as well. Um, they haven't quite got online yet, but Phil Brown will be out at Wentworth Park this Sunday, 17th of February, uh, when the Newtown Jets are taking on the North Sydney Bears with a pop-up stand for Mascot Browns. So there'll be plenty of international rugby league gear to buy there. Uh, but if you can't make it, uh, then feel free to jump on our affiliate uh, link which will be in the show notes. You can buy whatever you like and uh, some of those proceeds uh, will go to the international teams and a couple of dollars will come our way as well. will help us continue the show, support the people who support International Rugby League. And Chuck, where can people find us on uh, uh, social media? You can find us aware on Instagram, Chasing Kangaroos Podcast. We are on Facebook. And I don't know what else. <laughs> <laughs> We're on 
Twitter as well, guys. We'll have all the show notes in there uh, just so Charlie can can remember them as well. We'll have all those links in the show notes. And please remember to uh, subscribe to our show. Please keep listening. Please tell all of your friends. Um, and if there's any clubs out there that have difficult names, get in touch because we love hearing clubs that tempt it. <laughs> well, there's only one thing left to say. <laughs> Fuck you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't told you about it yet because I pretty much had this chat today. Um, We're just as excited as yeah. everyone else is. <laughs> is there anything you want to know? Anyone, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. You sound really excited. <laughs>